Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. And so uh, we've been learning about the importance of getting connected and investing in the local church because the local church matters, and that's be- you matter. You are the local church, and that's what we've been talking about in this sermon series. And uh, I believe that things like last Saturday really testify to that message. Um, we spent over 500 hours of community service, Journey Church did, in the city of Winter Park and, and, and further off, um, just serving people. And I think it's just a, a powerful testimony to how the whole of something is greater than its individual parts. Amen? And that's a local church. When we come together, not only are we blessed, but the world is blessed through us. And I know this isn't a big deal for you, but this is a big uh, praise report for me. For those who, well, you've already heard what Next Steps is. We saw 30 people come to Next Steps last Sunday. 30 people. That's 30 people who, who identified with Journey Church, who hear what God's doing and want to be a part of it, want to become members, want to discover purpose, who identify with our core values. And these are our four core values, or another way of saying it could be our, our culture. This is who we are. I think most churches are alike in their mission. They are all about Jesus. But, but churches differ in who they are and the way they express that. And so we express that mission in four different ways. We love God, we love people, we pursue excellence, and we choose joy. Those are our values, that's who we are, it's our culture, it's our identity. I joked about it a couple weeks ago, it's our dating profile. If you want to swipe right, you'll learn more about us. Um, we just, uh, it's just who we are. And so I want to uh, invite you to go ahead and repeat these with me. I really want to get them in your soul. Each sermon of this series has been breaking down one of those cultural uh, and core uh, values. And so why don't you, so you should listen to them. If you haven't listened to them, you should definitely go back and listen to them. So um, on three, one, two, three, you guys are going to say, we love God, and then we're going to go through all of them. All right. One, two, three. We love God. We love people. We pursue excellence, and we choose joy. Amen. And today I want to talk to you about the kind of church that chooses joy, the kind of church that chooses um, joy. Because as much as a fan uh, as I am of Disney, I don't believe that Disney World is the happiest place on earth. I don't. I disagree. I will fight you on that, okay? I believe that the local church is the happiest place on earth. If you believe that, say amen. I really believe it. I know, I know, I know Disney's got Space Mountain, but we got Mount Zion. Come on, somebody. I know Disney's got Doe Whip, but we got rivers of living water. Come on, somebody. I know they got many, but we got manna. Come on, somebody. Worked on that all week. I'm a fan of the house of mouse. I just don't think joy, true joy is found in the house of the mouse. I think true joy is found in the house of the Lord. That's what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 122. It says this. It says, I was glad. Somebody say glad. Glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I did the King James Version because that's how I was taught this verse. Let us be glad when they said unto me, unto. You need a good unto in your life every once in a while. I enjoy it. I also like the message version of it. It goes like this. It says, when they said, 
let's go to the house of God, my heart leaped with joy. It was, it was joyful. I don't know how you would describe uh, going to church as a child if you went to church as a child. I know I did. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes the operative word for my parents making me get up in the morning and go was, was not joy. Uh, it was not glad. Maybe sad, maybe mad, maybe I had had enough, but I definitely <laughs> not glad. Um, and, uh, and, and I always said, you know, we wanted to build a church where, where, uh, where it was, you, your kids wanted to come. And actually, I had a pretty kind of bad experience with my son Zane last night. It's the first time five years of going to church, um, although he couldn't speak for the first one and a half, so I'll give him that. So, but that he actually told me last night, he said, you know, Dad, I don't want to go to church tomorrow. And um, I was so sad because, like, this isn't just, like, my church. Like, I'm pastor of this church. And so, you know, I'm like, uh, uh, but he's also, I don't hold it against him because he's also in the video games right now. And so he's, uh, and he just got, like, Super Mario Maker. And so what he's really saying is, you know, I appreciate Jesus, you know, but Bowser is what he's really saying. And so I'm not taking it personal. I'm just saying I, I tried to convince him to come, but I didn't want to make it an obligation. So, like, as a parent, you never want to be like, you have to go to church or you're going to hell. Like, it's not going to work. Don't do that. And so I try to make it inspirational for him. And so I'm like, well, I know how much you love video games. Why don't we go to church and say thank you to the one who gave us video games? You know, I'm trying to, trying, to, trying to flip it, you know, have him, have him come from a place of gratitude. He had the perfect answer to that question. That statement, I didn't even know how to reply. He said, yeah, dad. He said, but I can say thank you when I pray. <laughs> to, to which my reply was, yeah, but. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> you know, and I, I had an answer. I walked away. I walked away. And then later on in the night, I was like, I woke him up. I was like, here's why. You know, I came back later. And I was like, you want to understand it? He's like, because why? I could just talk to God and I can tell him how much I appreciate it. You know, I talk to my wife every day. Every day, multiple times a day, I talk to my wife. But it doesn't matter how much I talk to her, it doesn't replace date night. Why? Because all the talking in the world doesn't replace a time where I am holy and utterly focused on you. That's what it is when we come to church. It's not that we can't do here what we do there. It's that for an hour and a half, for 70, 85 minutes, we focus on the Lord. And when we focus on him, we focus on the fact that we love him. And when we remember that we love him and he loves us, that's when our joy returns. And so it ought to be a joy to come to church. It ought not be an obligation. It ought not be something you're forced to do or that you have to do. I was joyful. It blesses your life. That's why I smile at you like a crazy person in the lobby. Because I want to remind you that this is a place of joy and I do not have a natural smiley face. I have what you would call RBF. <laughs> Resting, bothered face. That's what I have. I'm not mad at you, but if you see me, I'm... So I'm out there looking like an idiot. <laughs> Good morning. This guy's really happy to see me. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I understand that my smile is not just for me, but that my smile is also my ministry. It doesn't just change my life. It has the power to change your life. This is how I heard about the keto diet. How many people have ever heard about the keto diet? Keto. Raise your hand if you're on keto diet. Yeah. See, woo, I heard about it if you're on it. <laughs> I just need bread. I just need bread. <laughs> just give me some bread. Remember the first time I heard about the keto diet, uh, Ariel and Joanne, they're friends of mine. They were in my small group. And they looked good. They looked good. They lost some weight. And I said, man, you look different. Like, like you lost some weight. 
uh, what have you been doing? And they're like, we, we, got, we on the keto diet. I was like, cool, what's it about? And it's crazy. I looked at their waistline and I, could, and I looked at their waistline and told them, you look like you've lost physical weight. But you know, the same thing happens when people look at your smile lines. They go, man, you look like you lost weight emotionally. You look like you've lost weight spiritually. There's something about your joy. And whatever you got, I want it. What are you doing? I want to do it. Where are you going? I want to go. What are you smoking? I want to smoke it. I just, I need whatever you got. And you get the chance to tell them, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. My heart leaps when I'm in the house of the Lord. You get to tell them the source of your joy. So that's, now that's joy. And let me introduce the topic, choose joy, all right? Because that's really what I want to talk about, choose joy. And if you would allow me, I'd like to introduce that topic with just a quick story. Um, my father sent me to summer camp one year. And um, he, he sent us to summer camp in Pennsylvania uh, because we grew up in the city and didn't only really have camps in the city, amen, they, they call that summer school, okay, that's, that's all that is, daycare, all right, but actual camp, you had to get out of the city, and we went to this place called Mount Lawn, he loved it, he used to work there when he was a younger man, he wanted me to experience his experience growing up, and so I went to Mount Lawn camp, and, and uh, I guess I had a good time, but I remember, I'll never forget the car right there, he wanted to prepare me for some things, and so he begins to prepare me for what I might find in the wilderness, and, uh, and what I might find in a cabin, and he was giving me tips on how to survive, you know, and I'm like 12, you know, freaking out. He said one thing. I know he said one thing that I was like, no. He was like, and if you see a bear, I was, I was like, turn this around right now. Turn this car around right now. He's like, and if you see a bear, here's what you do. He goes, you need to lay down and play dead. I was like, well, my dad would never leave me, leave me wrong. Would never lead me astray. Okay, dad, if that's what you say. And then I started to ask, I wonder, you know, dad, you've been here for so long. Have you ever seen a bear in the woods of Mount Lawn? He said, oh, yeah, when I was 16. I said, cool, cool. Say, said, how did that lay down thing work for you? <laughs> said, you lay down and play dead? He said, heck no, I ran for my life. <laughs> I said, so why would you tell me to play dead if you ran for your life? I'll never forget what he said. He said, son, some advice sounds good until you're actually in a situation where you have to try it. Amen. Well, I think the same applies to choose joy. It sounds good, but I wonder if, if, if we had to actually try it, if it would be good. Like, I want you to choose joy. Amen. That's good. But how does choosing joy fare in the furnace of construction on I-4? How does that? Because I'm going to tell you, Jesus is coming back before they fix whatever's broken. I know that. I got money on that. How does, choose, how does choose joy sounds good? Great about choose joy, amen. Choose joy sounds good. But how does choose joy match up against the misery of being a Magic fan? Hey, I'm preaching fire today. Choose joy sounds good, but how does choose joy compare to the punch you feel when you pull up to a Chick-fil-A drive-thru window? Only to find out it's a Sunday. I, I'm like, now I know what it feels like to be an atheist. I get it. It's like, I legitimately hate Christianity right now. I don't believe a word of it. Don't believe it. Give me my sandwich. You guys are taking it too literal. Sabbath did not come to serve for the man, but the man for the Sabbath. Fix it. It was set, man. 
I'm just saying it sounds like good advice, but how do you choose joy when you don't get the job? How do you choose joy when the chemotherapy is not working? How do you choose joy when you find out that your spouse has been unfaithful? It sounds good and it sounds biblical. My only question is, does it work though? And I think really your answer depends on your definition. So I'm going to give you a definition of joy that I think is going to set you free, and I hope you would write it down. If not, that you would save this podcast or YouTube video if you're watching it, put it on repeat. And joy is not a feeling. It's a focus. Joy is not a feeling. It's a focus. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul said, Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. I highlighted the part, our hearts ache, because I wanted you to really realize and let resonate in you that this is not a man who is living in denial. This is not a man who has talked himself out of his position through positive self-talk. This guy didn't attend a Tony Robbins conference or something like that, and he's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. No, totally. I'm good. I'm cool. My house burned down. Don't want to remodel anyway. I'm totally good. Yeah. Sorry. Everything's fine. This is not that guy. This is a guy who accepts that he's in pain. He has a feeling, but he's not focused on that feeling. That's what joy is. I feel a certain way. I'm not going to deny that I feel a certain way, but I'm not focused on that. But we always have joy. We are poor. I'm poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. In other words, I'm not focused on my poverty. I'm focused on my purpose. I'm not seeing that. I know it's there, but I'm not going to stare at it and ruminate in it and marinate in it. I know where I am. I know I ain't got a lot of money, but I'm not going to think about all that. I'm going to think about what God's doing through it. I love this part. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Come on. If you've ever been poor or broke, you just know. We own nothing, yet we have everything. There used to be this song that I heard in church growing up. Um, I, I don't know if, if, you, if you didn't, if you, we have a lot of people who are new to our, you know, our church and church in general. So maybe you've never heard this song before. But I'm going to teach you. It's an old chorus. Uh, it's what we would call songs. They didn't write songs with verses back in the day. They just had choruses. And that's all they sang. And it was a good one. It said, um. I got a joy like a river, joy like a river, joy like a river in my soul. I got a joy, joy, joy like a river, joy like a river in my soul. Yeah, I really liked that one. And it was, I liked it because I went to a church that was bilingual and we actually had a Spanish version of it too. You're going to make the white people nervous. <laughs> Simmer down. Not too crazy. I love it, man. I love it. If you don't know Spanish, I'm going to teach you Spanish in this song because this is my jam growing up, all right? All right. Pablo, this is for you, Pablo. This is for you, all right? It's for you, Bo. Yo tengo un gozo en mi alma, gozo en mi alma. Gozo en mi alma y en mi ser. Yo tengo un gozo, gozo en mi alma. Gozo en mi alma y en mi ser. Yeah. I love it. And here's why I love that song. Here's why I love that song. Because he's saying the joy is in my soul, not in my savings. And if the joy is in my soul, then whatever's going around my soul won't get in my soul. I draw my joy from a place that the enemy can't reach. My joy is in me. It's not, it doesn't come for me, from me. You don't give it to me. It's in me. It, it, I, I draw from it because the Lord lives inside of me. Put another way, I could say it this way. There's a difference between what I enjoy and what my joy's in. Yeah. 
I enjoy stranger things. Like I really enjoy it. And if you think that that makes me demonic and you got to just pray for your pastor, just pray for me. But I enjoy stranger things. I, I like it a lot. I was going to say love it. I love it. I love it, okay? It's great. But you know what? I don't have to wait a year and a half for season four to smile again because although I enjoy it, my joy is not in it. I enjoy food. Does anybody else enjoy food? Bam, but like you don't even know, like I really enjoy food. Like when we go to fancy places like, like countries and cities, Liz and I will travel, like my first question is, like, where's the restaurants at? She's like, where's the shopping at? I'm like, the Lord rebuke you. Where's the restaurants at, though? Because I'm going to eat good food. I love food. Listen, although I enjoy food, my joy is not in food. And for somebody here, you've been struggling with your diet, not because you don't have self-discipline, but because you have an unhealthy relationship with food. You don't just enjoy it. Your joy is in it. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to help you out. you got to find something in your life you love more than food. If you ever want to see a difference in your diet and in your health. Okay, I know it got quiet there. I'm sorry for hitting home, but somebody needs to hear that. <laughs> Somebody's like, dang, all right, well, I won't go to Krispy Kreme then. I just won't go. Right, that's what you want to say. I don't want to go to hell, Pastor, whatever you think. <laughs> Never come to this church again. I enjoy sex. I enjoy it. But my joy is not in it. Which means that if me and my wife were going through a dry spell for a couple of weeks or months, or if she's sick or she's not feeling well, guess what? Now, I don't have to go satisfy my need in a computer screen or in another person because although I enjoy it, my joy is not in it. My joy is not in it. I enjoy it, but my joy is not in it. I'll tell you where my joy is because you can't put your joy in a thing, you know, because that thing could be stolen. That thing could break. That thing could rust. That thing could get lost. You can't even put your joy in a person because a person can betray you, a person can leave you, or a person can die. You know what you got to put your trust in? Someone who is eternal, who never changes and who never fades. Here's how the psalmist said it in Psalms chapter 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I, shall, I got no wants outside of Jesus. Once I found him, everything I needed, he brought to me. It's a hard analogy to understand if you've never seen a sheep, but everything that a sheep needs is found in the shepherd. Safety, security, peace, love, food, water. I love it because he says um, he leads me to still waters. That's awesome because still waters is very different from running waters. Running waters is a river, but when you're in the desert, which is where Psalm 23, 1 was written, God is saying, I'm a source for, I'm a source for life and I'm a source for joy even when other things run out. And guess where the water would come? Still water. It's rain that would, that would collect in ponds and oases. In other words, I don't need to find a river because my sustenance comes from heaven. In other words, it's really important to figure out where your joy comes from because where your joy comes from determines when your joy runs out. This is why I can't get overly attached to my dogs. I have a very weird relationship with my dogs. I don't know, like I'm just, it's not normal. Like, what are some of the things you say to your dogs? How many people do you have a dog in the house? You have dogs in your house? Dogs, okay, a lot of dog people. I'll try not to offend you. Got Jax. I know I love Jax too. He's cool. Listen, I, I know, I hear, I see your Instagrams. Some of you got an unhealthy relationship with your dog, okay? <laughs> but, but some of the stuff is normal. I love you. You're so cool. You're so good boy. Who's a good boy? It's a pretty little girl. Yes, you are. You, you want a belly rub? Okay. Okay. These are not the things I say to my dog, and I need help. I need therapy. Here's what I tell my dog, straight up. This will tell you. I go, I'm going to miss you. 
I know it's dark. I know. But that's what I tell them. Why? Because I haven't really figured out this whole dog lives, years, things yet. They say like every one human life. It's like I've heard seven. I've heard 17. I don't know. For all I know, blue could be a thousand right now. <laughs> For all I know, honey, my golden rich doodle, she's not going to make it till Christmas. For all I know, I don't know how old she is. I'm not going to get attached to you if you're going to leave me. So now my relationship with my dogs is, thank you. We'll, talk, we'll tell stories about you. But all the joy you've brought. To this. I know, I need, I need help. But don't, pray, don't just pray for me. Um, I'm just saying, if you're going to put your joy in someone or something, it's got to be eternal. And it's got to never leave you. And listen, money will run out. Relationships will run out. I don't care how well your diet is. Your health will run out eventually. So I appreciate how much money you're spending in the gym, but do that end tithe. Because you want to invest in the one who promised that he would never run out on you. The one who would never leave you nor forsake you, who would be with you in the good and the bad times. That's why I invest my life. And the one who said he would never leave me, you got to choose joy. Or another way of saying it is you got to count joy. 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 Count. Count. Somebody say count. James chapter 1 verse 2. Count it all joy. Some will say count it all. Yeah, but do the thing with, with the all. Count it all. I'm going to say it one more time because some of you guys aren't playing along. <laughs> Count it all. Count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds. Count it all. Um, I was thinking about this and my mind went to belly, belly uh, not belly, jelly beans. As one often does, mind. Any jelly bean lovers in the house? Yeah? Okay, cool, cool. Uh, jelly beans are good. They're cool. Um... I was, I, was, I was thinking about them because, uh, I don't know, I was like counting, and then I thought about beans. I did some research on the jelly beans. Did you know, like, these jelly beans are almost identical one to the other, like really identical. And the reason why they're able to look so much alike and, and, and the taste be so great, there's actually a nine-step, two-week perfection process that every jelly bean has to go through before it ends up on your shelves. Nine-step, two-week process to produce a jelly bean, perfect jelly bean. And the reason why they kept trying to perfect the process is because every time they would add a step, um, some jelly beans would be made that would be bad. Bad beans. Bad beans. Somebody say bad beans. And then they would get good beans. So they would add a third step and a fourth step and a fifth step and a sixth step. They finally got to nine steps, but they could not get rid of the bad beans. And the guy whose job, you think your job is bad, like they do this by machines now, but it used to be done through a person. The guy whose job, he was called the bean counter. And as the beans went across the assembly line, he would go, good bean, good bean, bad bean, bad bean, good bean, bad bean. Could you imagine that being your job? I bet you see the faults in life with, with, that, with that kind of job. You're like, good person, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bad person. I don't like the shape of your head. Bad person. Um, it's like a jelly bean. Um, good, bad. Good, bad. Good, bad. And finally, somebody said in the, on the corporate level, because they were wasting millions of dollars by throwing away all these bad beans because they would separate them and then they would throw them out. Just throw them in the trash. Just waste them like that. And somebody had the good idea and they said, listen, what if we didn't waste all the bad beans? 
we can't add a 10 step to this process and we can't add another week. So let's change the question. Instead of asking, how are we going to keep bad beans from happening? What if we asked, what can we do with the bad beans we've got? And somebody at the corporate level said, I got an idea. Instead of burying it, let's bag it. Instead of being ashamed of it, let's share it. And they came out with belly flops. Put it on the screen so that people can see. Belly flops. Y'all, genius. They took all the bad beans. They, they put them in a bag. They named it something cool. Belly flops, get it? Put them. They put them in a bag and they sold them for 50% off. Now what could have been wasted, they're making a profit for and now that bean counter, his process has changed. Now that he's found a way to use what didn't come out right. Now when the beans come across the assembly line, it used to be good, bad. Now it's good bean, good bean, good bean, good bean. He counted it all good. Not because it looked good or because it felt good or because it tasted good, but because he found a good use for it. There are some things in your life that I know you wouldn't have chosen if you had the power to choose it. But no matter how, you know you could be the perfect husband, go on date night every week and she still leave you. It, you know you can bring your kid to church every week and then still want nothing to do with Jesus when they get older. There are some things in life that you can't prevent. The question isn't how can I prevent bad things from happening, but rather what will I do with the bad things I've got? How am I going to use them? I used to count some good and I used to count some bad, but I got a new perspective for my life. It's all good. Ooh, tell your neighbor it's all good. I'm sad that she left, but it's all good. I wish I didn't lose my job, but it's all good. I'm really upset at the diagnosis, but it's all good. It's all good, y'all. It's all good. They didn't waste their defects. Don't waste your defeat. They didn't waste their problem. Don't waste your pain. My God, don't waste your pain. Please don't waste your pain by complaining about it. Don't waste your pain by being bitter about it. Don't waste your pain by being upset about it. Don't waste your pain by telling your friends about it. You don't even want advice. You just want somebody to vent to. Don't waste your pain by doing those things. You need to put your pain to work. You need to get your pain a job. You need to make your pain fill out a 1099 W-2. You need to make your pain get productive. And the only way to make your pain productive is to package it. You got to package it. I wouldn't have bought these if they had just said irregular jelly beans. Who wants irregular jelly beans? Put it on the skillet. What a horrible name. You can't pay me. I don't care if it's 50% off. You cannot pay me enough to buy irregular jelly beans. But then you call it belly flops. And all of a sudden, I'm not just buying them. I'm getting ministered to. I'm like, I'm a belly flop. <laughs> I'll take four. Listen, because of how they packaged it. So this is my question. How are you going to package your pain? Because you could just put on the bag if you want uh, rejection, but that sucks. That's a terrible name. I'm not getting no value from rejection. Here, here's how I'm going to package it. Redirection. 
That sells better. I like that. Yeah. You could. You could just leave it on there all plain. Break up. But that sucks too. How did your last relationship go? He broke up with me. She broke up with me. Break, break up. It sounds so negative. Break up. I, I, mean, I mean, it did happen. I'm not fronting. But what if I repackage it? What about, what if, what if instead of calling it a breakup, I, I called it a breakthrough? I mean, because you've been praying to go to the next level. Boy, you didn't know it was that he or she was holding you back. And then a part of your prayer to get to the next level was that person leaving your life. So it could be a breakup, but it could also be a breakthrough. I'm just saying, it's how you package it. You could package the opposition, but try buying opposition. Here's a, here's a better name. How about opportunity? I'm just saying, some people don't want to count the bad things. I'm like, don't not count it. That's how I speak in double negatives. Don't not count it, just discount it. Why? Because this counts. <laughs> oh, yeah, this counts. This counts. And here's what I'm just saying. Devil, if you're going to put me through this, I'll be damned if you don't pay for it. Hey, don't ever say I wasted my teenage years. Don't ever say I wasted my 20s. Don't ever say I wasted my 30s. That relationship that I was in, that was a waste. That college degree, that was a waste. It's never a waste if you make somebody pay for it. Maybe you don't get 100% out of it. I'm just telling the enemy, you're not going to get my tears for free. You're not going to get my pain for free. If you're going to put me through something, I'm going to make you pay for it. And I'm going to make it. I'm just telling you. If you're going to make my kidneys fail, woo, that person who sits next to me in dialysis, you better watch out. I'm going to tell that person about the love of Jesus, devil. You try to hurt one person, but in trying to hurt one person, I'm going to help a thousand. You try to hurt one person, but in trying to hurt one person, I'm going to help a thousand. You're not getting my tears for free. You're not getting my pain for free. You're not getting my hurt for free. You're not getting my disappointment for free. You're not getting my depression for free. You're not getting my anxiety for free. You're not getting my stress for free. You're not getting the breakup for free. You're not getting the let go slip for free. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. Not for free. Not for free. You're going to pay something. It's going to cost you my maturity. It's going to cost you my patience. It's going to cost you my breakthrough. It's going to cost you my ministry. It's going to cost you a blessing. It's going to cost you. If you come at me like that. Jesus made him pay. Took one life. Saved the whole world. Made him pay. You got to make him pay. He's got it, guys. He's got it. 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 And when you understand that he's got it, you can stop living in your past. You can stop living in your future. And you can start living in the now. Because there's one thing you got to know about joy. It only exists in this realm. And it's called current joy. It's called current joy. You can't have it if you're living in yesterday. And you can't have it if you're too worried about tomorrow. The only, where, the only place joy lives is in today. The only place joy lives is in today. You got to pull yourself in. You got to pull the you that is still shadowing in that last relationship. You got to pull the you that is not even there. Like you haven't even found the person yet that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And you're already worried about baby names. Fall back. Fall back. The only way is gonna, you're going to experience joy is if you are living in today. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. And be glad in it. Not tomorrow's the day. Not yesterday was the day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. 
I will rejoice. I will, I will, ooh, the determination. I will rejoice and be glad in it. In today, the current, the current, the current. Here's how you do that. Here's how you do it. I'm going to get real practical. I love what Paul said when he looked at his yesterday and looked at his tomorrow. Verse 18, just straight th verse 18. Philippians 1.18. This is what he said. But what does it matter? What does yesterday matter? What does tomorrow matter? What does it matter? The important thing, and now I love that. I've been telling myself this all the time now. What does it matter? What does it matter? I love that. It's been my my like my echo of my life right now like what does it matter i've been saying it all the time i don't know if you have any millennials in the house who grew up watching the rock wrestle wwe and uh, he used to do this thing man it, i used to get so hyped when he did it the rock dwayne johnson you see him in movies now but he used to be just a wrestler and uh, and he's been he did this thing he would ask somebody a question and then before they could answer it doesn't matter what you think you ever see that that question is rhetorical you got to look at your situation and say, what does it matter? And then you got to shut the devil up before he tries an answer. Because he will try. He'll be like, I lost my job. What does it matter? And then he'll be like, well, actually, because you lost your job, you won't be able to pay you. It doesn't matter what you... <laughs> like, I've been single now for a minute. But what does it matter? What does it matter if I got the love of God? It's like, actually, that's awesome. But God, God will never kiss you. And so, you know, you need to tell the devil that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter. And, 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 and you got to be careful now as Christians. Because if we're not careful, we'll take this verse and we'll pervert it. So, like, when a friend of ours tells us that they're going through something, if we're not careful, we'll be like, well, what does it matter? And don't do that. Don't do that. Because what you're telling them is that their feelings are not valid. Paul is not discrediting their feelings. He's not trying to fix their feelings. He's trying to fix their... He's trying to fix their focus. I can't change your feelings, but I can change your focus. And here's the two things you need to focus on. Number one, that Christ is preached. In other words, that I still got a purpose. People say, JJ, I love the way you preach with illustrated sermons. It's so cool. It really brings me in. You know who's the best illustrated sermon ever? Jesus. He can, he can take cancer and use it somehow to preach about his goodness and his glory in your life and through your life. I'm just telling you, you need to find a purpose that's bigger than your problems instead of trying to solve your problems. Try and solve your problems. Good luck. Honestly, try it. Here's what will happen next week. You're going to have another one and another one and another one. And it really is just a cycle. So instead of trying to solve your problems, find a purpose that is bigger than your problem. This is what Ezra said when he was rebuilding the wall. Nehemiah, when Nehemiah was re rebuilding the wall in the book of Nehemiah, they came to him and they wanted him to stop building the wall. They were trying to distract him and they were trying to kill him and they were trying to take his life. And you know what he said when they tried to distract him and take him down? He said, leave me alone. I'm too busy to talk. I've got a work in front of me. It's occupying me right now. Sorry, I can't. Sorry, doubt. I ain't got time. Sorry issue i ain't got time i gotta work in front of me raise your hand if you're a dream teamer here at journey church raise your hand a lot of y'all love my dream team we love you the dream team is what we call our volunteers here at journey church if you're not familiar i want you to know nina when you're taking pictures you're not just taking pictures so the impact people and the send marketing you know pictures is a way of fighting your battles Sorry, devil, I know I ain't got it off right now, but I can't talk right now. I'm, I'm, I'm catching somebody's breakthrough on camera right now. And then we're going to post this on Instagram, and then somebody who's been fighting the pressure for a while, they're going to see that photo, and they're going to think, wow, if that's where breakthrough is, then I'm going to go. I can't talk to you right now, devil. Can't talk right now. I got things to do. I can't. 
I can't think about my debt. I'm having enough time trying to remember the lyrics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You are good. I can't, I can't think about the rest. I can't. I'm just, my purpose is blinding me from my problems. Woo! That's what you need in your life. Purpose that, that makes problems fade in the shadow. Lastly, I love this one. Next verse. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue. Somebody say continue. This is, how you, this is how you choose joy. You understand that no matter what happens, you will continue. Did you hear me? I said no matter what happens, you will continue. You know, I've had friends leave me, good friends, but it didn't kill me. I've, I've lost thousands of dollars in the stock market in one day. It didn't kill me. It became an issue in my marriage, but it didn't kill me. I've had multiple, not one, every girlfriend I've ever had except for Liz has cheated on me, but it didn't kill me. I went unemployed for 11 months, no salary, no way to feed my kids, no way to put a roof over the head of my family, but it did not kill me. I had my son suffocate in my arms, but it did not kill me. It didn't kill me, I continued. And now when I face a trial, I know because I've continued that I will continue again. I wonder if there's anybody here who's been sexually abused in their past or even recently, but you can have the faith to look at that now and it still hurts and it's still not good and it's still not pleasant, but you can tell the rest of them, it did not kill me. Had a miscarriage with my baby, but it did not kill me. I was in a car accident and it was a total loss. Now I'm taking a bus to work, but it did not kill me. My dad died last year, but it did not kill me. I couldn't pay the electric bill and my kids were suffering in the heat because the AC wasn't working and it was so embarrassing and I felt so ashamed, but it did not kill me. They fired me from my job and it wasn't even my fault, but it did not kill me. I lost my house in 2008 when the market crashed, but it did did not kill me. I gave birth to a special needs child and they told me my life would change and it did, but it kept going. It did not kill me. I'm raising a teenager right now and it has not killed me yet. And if you don't have a point of reference for your life to pull from, let me give you the reference of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because it didn't kill him. They put a crown of thorns on my head, but it didn't kill me. My best friend Judas betrayed me for 30, silver, for 30 shekels of silver and a kiss, but it did not kill me. They put a nail in my left hand, but it did not kill me. They put a nail in my right hand, but it did not kill me. Me. They put nails in both my feet, but it did not kill me. They put me in a rich man's grave, but three days later. Three days later, I broke the door down. It didn't kill me. 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 And guess what? When I came out, I came out with glory. I came out with power. I came out with the Spirit of God. I came out with the Spirit. Listen, church, it's not going to kill you. You will continue. I will continue. I know you thought that relationship was everything, but you will continue. And, and, and.
can end if you're one of the few people stay standing if you're one of the few people who this message doesn't apply for because you are actually facing something that is death right now like you are actually facing death right now I got a word for you too Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 for to me living means living for Christ and dying it's even better. I don't know if I'm there yet faith-wise, but he said it. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. In other words, I can choose joy if I'm alive. Because even though I'm going through pain, I'm focused on my purpose. But I really don't know which is better. Verse 23, I'm torn between two desires. I long, I long, I long to go be with Jesus. Which would actually be better for me. Are you hearing it? He's saying, even if this thing kills me, I will continue. Why are you smiling? You just lost your home. Yeah, but I will continue. Why are you smiling? You were in that relationship for five years. Yeah, but I will continue. Hey, man, your car just broke down. I know, but I will continue. Hey, he's talking about you on social media. It's not even, he's not even hiding it. Like shots fired, like straight at your head. I know, but I will continue. I'm going to make it. It's not going to kill me. And even if it does, I will continue. And so forgive me for having joy. Forgive me for smiling and being excited. I just learned some things in my life. Just learned some things. Every head battery I close. Sorry for going over, but we needed to hear this word today. You got to choose joy, guys. Choose it. It's not a feeling. It's a focus. And so I want to invite you to focus on Jesus today. I want to invite you to focus on Jesus today. If you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, here's your opportunity. you got to have him at the center of your life for any of these things that I just said to be true. And even if you've made a decision, this is your chance to put your trust in him one more time. But if you've never made this decision or it's been years since you have, when I count to three, I want you to shoot your right hand up to the sky as a signal and a sign. Jesus, I need you in my life. Are you ready? All over this building. You need Jesus in your heart. One, two, raise your hand on three. One, two, three. Right now all over this building. You need Jesus in your life. Come on, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. I see it, I see it, I see it. Welcome home. If you raise your hand, welcome home. Put your hand down. We want to pray with you, not just for you, because this is a prayer that we pray. Christians pray every day because we know we need it. So Journey Church, let's not leave them hanging. We're praying that prayer with them. Are you ready? Let's go. Everybody, let's pray this prayer out loud. Father God, Father God there's a lot going on, lot going on. But, I'm but I'm not focused on that. Focused on you. Jesus, forgive me of my past. Prepare, for, prepare me for my future. Today, today, this day, this day, I give you my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com slash give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.